Living Stones is a weekly conversation about living a truly Catholic life. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and Ken Hellenius help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church, discussing practical ways to grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Hello, and welcome to Living Stones. I'm your co-host, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and joining me as always is my compatriot, my partner, my good friend who inspired Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. One and only Ken Hellenius. Ken, oh, well, how you doing, brother? I'm well. How are you, Deacon? All right, my friend. All right. I'm going to admit I don't I don't know a lot of my of my Elton John. So even though I may have inspired Elton John, I'm, I'm my bride Julie is more the Elton John fan than than I am. Oh, I guess I, okay. I don't know what. The, okay. Not not my scene always, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, today's a special day, Ken, isn't it? It sure is. I can't believe... Who would have thought that we'd ever reach this day, Deacon? Yes, I know. And God's providence. God's great providence. Show number 200. (laughs) When I count that up, that means we're coming up on four whole years. That's right. This ongoing conversation that... Wow, when it started back in May of, uh, what, 2015? Yeah, May of 2015. Never thought, you know, that we would have this chance to get together and and as i've told so many other people for the best half hour of free therapy that i get every week a discussion <laughs> with my good friend deacon harold well it's been a great ride ken you know and uh it was great having you here when you were still in portland and um you know and i thought boy how are we going to do this when you uh, when you move out there to south bend but yeah. man, we've been able to make it work through the technology and it's been a wonderful ride. I've really enjoyed the topics that we've talked about, really breaking open the beauty and truth of the faith in so many different ways and, 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 and in a fun way, too. You know, we don't always take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> we take the church seriously, but Absolutely. we also don't take ourselves seriously. And, and we hope we'll be able to connect people more deeply uh, to the richness and beauty, truth of the Catholic faith and connect that to their everyday lived experience. Yeah, absolutely. And this whole idea, you know, when we started the show back in 2015, um, Modern Day Radio had just uh, kind of rebranded and, and kind of was taking and bringing on these local programs. And it's been a great chance to not only connect with the church there in the Archdiocese of Portland, but then also you know, due to the the joy of being able to share the show with stations really across this great nation. You know, we have uh, stations from not just our home there on uh, Modern Day Radio in Portland, but we have stations carrying us in Minnesota, in Kansas, and Illinois, and Louisiana, and Indiana, and I can't even think of all the states, and all the way even out to Philadelphia now, Philadelphia and, and Kentucky. And it's just such a joy to be able to bring uh, this conversation. And to and not only that, not only our conversation with one another, but we've been blessed to have some wonderful guests join us over the years. Um, and all of these shows that, you know, we have produced are all available uh, in the archives as well. So people can go and listen to great conversations with with uh, people like I can think of, you know, Father Terry Ehrman, who's a Holy Cross priest. We've had him on the show. Uh, he's, uh, we've had, of course, uh, let's see, we have Mark Shea spoke about the senses of scripture. We've had um, Susie Younger, a fertility care uh, practitioner mm-hmm. here in the in Northern Indiana. We've had, I can't, I can't even remember. Father all Brian Malady. Father Brian Malady. 
lady, exactly, who of course has you know walked with us earlier uh, earlier in Lent here this year. It's just been a real blessing to have so many wonderful people uh, kind of join us and take part in this conversation. And uh, of course, I know we're going to have more, many more delightful guests going forward as well who come and sit down and share their expertise, but most importantly, share their love for Jesus Christ and their love for the church which he established on Peter uh, at Caesarea Philippi. So this has been such a, a wonderful opportunity for me and you together to grow in faith and to um, and to share that joy with so many others uh, throughout the United States. Yes, absolutely. Uh, again, it's been a, a wonderful ride. I've enjoyed it very much, even despite my, my travel schedule, able to make this the, the show work. And uh, yeah. it's been a tremendous blessing out to me as well. And it's been gratifying to hear, again, from listeners when I travel around the country uh, who've appreciated the the work that we're trying to do in the Lord's Vineyard. So, uh, yeah, it's been great. And, of course, having a great crew like John, our producer, and and the Modern Day Radio community, and, again, all of our other uh, stations that have have climbed on board and joined the Livingstones, uh, connect themselves to the Livingstones train, you know, so... (laughs) The Livingstones train. Now you know I've been thinking about swag that we could get. How about a how about a, an actual train car with the, you know? Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm holding out for the Deacon Harold bobblehead myself. I can't wait for that. But how awesome! I don't think so. But <laughs> but I'd be cool seeing a you know you're you're at a, a railroad crossing. You're sitting there going, oh, this stupid train, and all of a sudden the Livingstones logo goes by on a box car or something. That'd be pretty awesome. I mean, I'm not gonna. I I don't want to say that we're going to support uh, graffiti, but if we can find a graffiti artist to write <laughs> living stones you know uh livingstonesmedia.org on the side of a train we might we might get somewhere literally well you know they've been wrapping buses you know with advertisements that's you know, true the same thing for the train and the max you know light rails do yep. the same thing for the for the trains why not <laughs> or an airplane you know i when i was in <laughs> yeah, portland a couple weeks ago that we saw the uh, we saw the um the oregon state beavers plane what what's stopping us from getting you know a john madden style bus <laughs> and a and a horizon air alaska air airplane that's what that's what what we're holding out for. We we need to get our sponsorship team on this. That's what we need. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I think with this show's budget, we may be looking at a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's a good idea. There you go. I love it. That's good. Or skateboard. That'd be awesome. Oh man. Well, folks, if you uh, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, you know, uh, reach out to Modern Day Radio. We'll be happy to uh, happy to help you underwrite the uh, the programming. It'd be so great. Actually, I mean, that's something that I wanted to to mention too. You know, Catholic radio for me has been a passion um, to be able to support and get involved in because you just never know as we have our weekly conversations, we never know who's really listening, who's tuning in right now and who, um, who, you know, maybe needing to hear a word of encouragement and a word of, uh, you know, to help strengthen that person's faith right in that moment. And so Catholic radio is such a wonderful way to reach an audience, which is unlimited and unbounded. It's merely, you know, somebody popping in their car, turning on the key and there's Catholic radio right there. Um, proclaiming the truth of the church and the love of Jesus Christ for all of creation and the salvation found only in Christ. And so 
for me, it's been an absolute joy to be involved in Catholic Radio. And so many stations throughout the the United States and throughout the world are entirely listener supported. And so for anybody out there who, you know, is has benefited in any way from this show, from Living Stones, from any of the shows on your on your local Catholic Radio, if it's possible for you to just, you know, reach out and support your local Catholic radio station, whether that be financial support or volunteer, whatever it may be, you know, this isn't share time as so many stations do, you know, here in the spring, but, but it's important uh, that, we, that we support this uh, ministry of evangelization that Catholic radio really is. So I just wanted to put in a, a plug there for, uh, because I know I've benefited from it and, uh, and I try to support, you know, our local station here in, in northern Indiana, Redeemer Radio. Um, but uh, wherever you are, if, uh, if you have the opportunity to support Catholic radio, please do, because it really is a way to proclaim Jesus Christ to the world. Yeah, that's the great point. And, um, you know, who would have thought that an early 20th century technology would be the one of the main catalysts for evangelization in the 21st century? Yeah, right. You know, and, um, you know, but it's true. You know, the, the radio has been a tremendous vehicle for um, disseminating the beauty and truth of the faith. Um, and so many people listen, you know, in their car, you know, because, you know, with, with nobody there, I don't want anybody to know I'm listening to this station, you know, and they're, <laughs> and they're learning and they're growing and they're deepening their intimacy with the Lord. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah. And your support, you talking about support is right, because some people say, well, I can't evangelize and I can't go and talk to people. I can't be on radio, TV. That's OK. But you can financially support the work of of those radio stations so that they can continue their work Mm -hmm. of uh, helping people to a deeper love of Jesus Christ and the faith. The support is extremely uh, important for the life of the church today. Absolutely. Well, should we get to the content of show number 200? Because believe it or not, um, it's not all banter every show all day long. You know, Uh, (laughs) what brings us together is this chance to talk about the uh, Catholic faith that we share. And um, here in this Lenten season, as we're as we're coming to the end of our Lenten season, um, you know, the last couple of weeks we've been discussing each each Sunday's readings, uh, kind of the and the the liturgy that we gather to celebrate on on each Sunday throughout Lent, and um, this coming weekend is Palm Sunday. So we are literally reaching the end of our Lenten journey together that has been going on for well since since Ash Wednesday, and uh, this week uh, on Palm Sunday um, we're going to be gathering in many churches at the principal mass uh, at your parish. You may notice that we begin actually not necessarily in the church, but sometimes in front of the church, or you know um, because we participate in a little bit of a procession. That's right. And the procession uh, starts with the uh, reading of a short gospel Mm -hmm. and uh, a little short prayer service. And then uh, people typically will process, you know, in in our church, we have a park across the street uh, from our parish and we will do a loop around the park. Uh, There's a gazebo there. That's we do the prayer service and we walk one route around the park Uh and then into the front of the church for the start of the Palm Sunday service. It's always been a 
a wonderful blessing to do that, especially when it's not raining. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, this first gospel reading that we get is, uh, it kind of explains the story, kind of re- repeats the story of Jesus's triumphal procession from the Mount of Olives all the way into Jerusalem, into the city of Jerusalem with the, um, with, of course, you know, with the palms being laid out. And, and it says in the, in the gospel that, that people were laying their palms and, and cloaks in the street because Jesus was riding on the back of a, of a colt. Of a, of a donkey. Um, the antiphon from this mass is uh, traditionally in the, the Latin, it's called the Pueri Hebraeorum. The children of the Hebrews threw their garments into the road and cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And of course, that, that very um, phrase, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, um, is both something that we pray every Sunday when we, and at every Mass when we uh, recite the Holy, Holy, Holy at the Eucharistic prayer. But it comes also from Psalm 118, uh, which is a wonderful psalm that actually has a lot of echoes that are going to be coming in this, this coming, both in Palm Sunday, Holy Week, all the way through to Easter Sunday. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, or blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, as it says in the Gospel of Luke, uh, is from this Psalm 118, which includes other phrases that we're going to hear. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Um, This is the Lord's own gate, and through it the righteous will enter. Of course, Jesus is entering into Jerusalem, the city of the great king, the city of King David. He's entering into Jerusalem. Uh, and Jesus, who we know is the righteous one, is entering in through the Lord's own gate into the holy city of Jerusalem. And then, of course, the gospel continues, peace in heaven and glory in the highest, which echoes the song of the angels that we heard at Christmas when the a- angels told the shepherds, you know, uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Um, we sing this again at every mass. We, we echo these same words, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Um, but the other thing is how quick do, do the people turn from blessed is he to crucify him at the end of the week? You know, they shout, they, they turn from this wonderful joy of Jesus entering into the city to drive him out beyond the walls to crucify him outside the city. So this is a, a Sunday when, when we are both joyful and, of course, we, we recall the passion itself. So this Sunday has two names. It is Palm Sunday and Passion Sunday, because we're going to hear the passion of uh, the the Lord's passion uh, as our main gospel reading once we get into the church and sit down. Yeah, and the, the, the Passion Sunday kind of balances, really, the two different aspects of life. You know, there's joyous times and there's sorrowful times. There's, there's ups and downs and peaks and valleys all throughout life. Yeah. You know, and, and, we, and we celebrate those joyous times. And we mourn and lament the, the sad times, you know, and, and I, I think this uh, uh, this particular Palm Sunday uh, readings, because, you know, because remember, they read the passage again on Good Friday. Right. The emphasis here, though, is on the full story, Jesus triumphal entrance into Jerusalem as the Mashiach, as the anointed one uh, of God. Um, and, uh, and and then, of course, his uh, his passion and death, you know, at the at, at the uh, end of the week. But we have to remember this triumphal entry. Jesus was born in order to die. Right. So he's the, the, this is the week where he's actually fulfilling 
his mission on earth is to conquer death, which of course is the most traumatic effect of original sin is the, is the cutting off from God's life, separating ourselves from God's love and, and, and from that, being with him face to face forever in heaven. Jesus had to, had, had to conquer that. It wasn't good enough for him just to preach and to teach. And that was it. He had to conquer that, that one effect of original sin that had to be redeemed and conquered so that to show us that not even death is more powerful than God's love. Yeah, absolutely. This is why, of course, this coming Easter, the Easter Triduum, Easter is the highest feast of the church's year. Christmas is a second highest, you know, but it's Easter itself because, as you say, this was his mission. This is the mission of Jesus's incarnation was to conquer death and to conquer death once and for all. And that's for us, yes. too. And this applies for us as well. Um, the responsorial psalm that we'll hear, uh, again, we're going to begin hearing things that we will hear throughout Holy Week and throughout the Passion. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And I know we've talked in previous years when we've when mm-hmm. we've discussed Holy Week. You know, this particular psalm is an interesting psalm because, of course, Christ proclaims this from, from the cross. You know, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? But it's a psalm that actually ends. It's Psalm 22, uh, and it actually ends in a word of joy. It says, I will proclaim your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, give glory to him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. So it's actually a psalm that ends not on a somber note, but on a an encouragement to praise the God who saves. And so we're beginning to hear this now. And of course, you know, I can think of so many years, you know, so many times that we've prayed this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Is so plaintive and it's so sad. It's usually when we sing it, we sing it in a minor key because it really is sad because, you know, we're entering into the passion of Christ. But again, we're being encouraged to praise the God who saves ultimately. Yes. And uh, sometimes people have a little misinterpretation of what's going on here as to why Jesus was praying Psalm 22. Um, I would say two reasons. One, Psalm 22 is a psalm of fulfillment. It's a psalm of fulfillment. So when he's now it only records that him saying the first line. Right. But you're right. Can you have to look at the rest of the psalm in context? You know, if you look at verses uh, 16, parched is burnt clay is my throat. My tongue cleaves to my jaws. Many dogs have surrounded me. The band of the wicked beset me. They tear holes in my hands and my feet mm-hmm. and lay me in the dust of death. I can count every one of my bones. These people stare at me and gloat. They divide my clothing among them, cast lots for my robe. That, that's a psalm. That was written a thousand years before the crucifixion. Yep. yep. You know, so it's a psalm. Jesus is letting them know you're hearing this psalm right now because it is being fulfilled in your presence. Which is exactly what he said at the beginning of his public ministry when he first exactly. stood and proclaimed the scroll from Isaiah. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And then the second reason he's praying this psalm, because Jesus in his human nature was allowed to experience on the cross that emptiness and isolation and desolation that we've all felt Mm -hmm. when we're going through something really hard and we feel that God is not there. Now, we know intellectually that God is there and we know that God is always there, but it doesn't feel like he's there. Like, like part of us is missing. Our heart has been ripped out. You know, God, where are you right now? And he was allowed to experience that in his human nature so that he could redeem it. 
That's the see. So so we so we we can look at the cross and say, oh no, isn't that sad? Look what happened. No, we can look at the cross with hope, with hope, because we know that's not the end. Jesus conquered that. So no matter what I'm going through right now, I know that the power of God in and through His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in His love and, and awesome mercy, has redeemed us from that death. So what we're going through right now is temporary because we know on the other side, there's heaven and life with God forever. Absolutely. This is the whole point of why Christ was, as you said before, this is why Christ was became incarnate in order to bring us through this to redeem us from that. And that's why, you know, I'm looking here in, in the office here in, at the crucifix hanging on the wall here. And, you know, we have Christ on the cross in our Catholic churches. Because this is to look upon the crucifix is to look upon love incarnate, is to look upon love made flesh. And it's not the wood of the cross as such that saves us. It's Christ who saves us. And that's why it's so important, you know, uh, that we that we acknowledge that and that we remember that and that we keep that before us. You know, this was. Uh, St. Dominic, uh, the founder of the Dominicans, you know, had a great love for the crucifix itself because it was the crucifix, the body on the crucifix that that reminded him of why of why even our flesh is important too. God saw that we were that we were good and he wanted to redeem us so that we could spend forever in heaven with him and that's why he became flesh like us and you know and you say Christ experienced the greatest despair and the the greatest um, the greatest loneliness because he identified with every bit of our being that's why when we hear in the second reading here, the canticle from Philippians, it says that Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not regard his equality with God as something that he should cling to, but he emptied himself and took the form of a slave and was found in human likeness, just like us, just like us humans. Um, and found human in appearance, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This particular canticle is one of my absolute favorite canticles. The canticle from Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11 is, um, it comes up in our evening prayer in the liturgy of the hours every, every two weeks. It's just such a beautiful reflection that Jesus Christ, as it says, because he was obedient to death, he is exalted in the heavens above every other name. And that's why we can say, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so this canticle encapsulates the whole point of Christ's obedience. That's what Christ provides to us, both the example and the gift of grace that makes it possible. Yes, you know, and uh, we have to remember about suffering. You see, we live in a culture that says that suffering is meaningless Therefore, we have to avoid it. Yeah. But it's really about finding meaning in the suffering that's unavoidable. And that's what Jesus on the cross does. He gives us that meaning. He understands that there is no Easter Sunday without Good Friday, right? There, right. there is no resurrection without crucifixion. And, um, and and he, like you said, he willingly uh, gave his life in that because that's how, out of love. That's how much he loved us. Mm-hmm. You know, to love someone unconditionally, totally, completely means you're willing to lay down your life for them. That's what marriage is. That's what priesthood is. That's what 
religious life is all about, dying to yourself for living for, for something greater than yourself or something outside of yourself. You know, um, as a husband, dying to yourself for your wife. As a priest, dying to yourself for your parish. You know, as a single person, dying yourself so you could be a witness to the culture of what a true Christian uh, looks like, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, of someone who loves Jesus, an example and witness of the power of God's love to the world, despite living in the midst of a culture of death. You know, we live in a culture that acts like it's going in completely insane, <laughs> but we can, but we can be those witnesses. And sometimes, you know, the way the, the culture reacts to what we're doing feels like crucifixion, religious persecution, the anger and, and the resentment and the hatred that is uh, often um, heaped upon us. Yeah. Yeah. By, by people who just don't who, who would rather not engage in dialogue and try to understand, but just have, are just filled with anger and resentment and hate just because you disagree with them. This is a, I think it's a beautiful way of when we talk about uniting ourselves with the sufferings of Christ. It's uniting all the things that we just talked about, all, all the things that we're going through now and uniting that to what Christ had endured for us. Um, uh, knowing that just the way Christ came through and conquered all those things, and especially death in his life, that he paved the way for us as well. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're getting a little short on time, so we're not going to be able to go through, of course, the, the passion that we read from the Gospel of Luke this year, Luke chapters 22 and 23. Um, I just want a couple quick points that I wanted to make. One is that our, the passion according to Luke that we read in this mass is it begins with Luke's telling of the last supper, including the institution of the Eucharist. And this is vital because it connects the entire narrative that the Eucharist that he shares with his apostles is exactly the same sacrifice that, that takes place on Golgotha. So when Christ offers and says the, and, and tells him that this is my body, which will be given for you, do this in memory of me and the cup, this is the covenant of my blood, which will be shed for you. That is a preview of what we're going to hear before the end of this gospel passage. And that's so vital because the Eucharist is the ongoing, um, the ongoing once for all sacrifice uh, that takes place on Golgotha. And, you know, there's so much that we can take from this gospel. But again, we, we're getting close. Is there any point that you wanted to make sure that we make before we have to we have to close out for the evening, Deacon? Well, you know, I think this to be uh, uh, as we're listening to the passion, uh, just imagine yourself being there. Yeah. You know, n knowing what we know now and just kind of being a fly on the wall and just kind of maybe a, a, someone in the crowd and just, you know, kind of uh, uh, making yourself part of that story. And, uh, and looking at Christ and, and um, understanding what he must be going through and how much he loves you, you know, uh, even in the midst of hardships and difficulties. But, uh, you know, Christ is our, is our hope. Yeah. You know, he, he, he is hope. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. And uh, death does not have the last word. Life does. Absolutely. So. We can. We're also at the end of our time. How can people uh, stay in touch with us? Well, you can always find our previous shows at materdeiradio.com. You can go to livingstonesmedia.org. If you're on Facebook, you can find us, Living Stones, on Mater Dei Radio. And we're on Twitter at Catholic Stones. And we would love to have your feedback and reach out to us and give us some ideas. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you'd like to hear more of. But until we gather next week to discuss uh, in Holy Week, Deacon, might we have a blessing? May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week here on Living Stones.
You've been listening to Living Stones with Ken Hellenius and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Living Stones is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M A T E R D E I radio.com.